Amen. Amen. I certainly appreciate. Thank the Lord for the wonderful message we heard this morning from Brother Captain. It sure encouraged my heart and my soul. Amen. I tell you, I appreciate this little testimony time. I tell you what they're doing. They're letting people vent, but share some of their experiences that God's encouraged their heart and their soul and uh, giving them opportunity to share that. And it's also encouraging others to do the same. Amen. I tell you, God challenged my heart again during that time of revival and uh, about being a witness for Jesus. Amen. I won't go into that. The story might be too long and I don't want to take away from my preaching time. Amen. But if I could, let me just give you a couple of opening statements. A lot of times we think, well, I'd like to witness. I'd like to tell somebody about Jesus, but I just don't know how to get the conversation started. Let me just give you just a couple little quick statements that you might could just say. Just like I did these guys who, Angel and I come back from Florida this week and uh, we went down, just stayed four or five days and, and came back and three rough looking guys was coming out of a, a store there where I was getting some fuel. And I looked at those guys and I could tell they was going to work, but you know, nothing wrong asking dumb questions sometime. I looked at them and I said, gentlemen, where would y'all be going? And they stopped and they looked down at yourself and one of them says, to work. I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not talking about where you're going right now. I'm wondering where you're going to spend eternity. Where are you going when you leave here? That's the main trip. That's the main journey. Amen. And they, they looked at each other and one guy says, I've been to Calvary. I said, well, that's great. Does that mean you're going to heaven? And, uh, you know, and so he carried on for a little bit. And he gave me the opportunity to look through the other two guys and ask them, have they been to Calvary? Have they been on their knees before the Lord Jesus? Amen. Confessed that they were sinners and dying and going to hell without Christ. And uh, carried that testimony, but it's just an open door to be able to do that. And something that has been kind of a pet peeve or has bothered me some is I've got older. I don't think it's real polite or nice to ask old people, hello, how you doing? Man, if you're old, if you're like I am, I'm, sometimes I'm not doing well. I get up every morning hurting and go through the day hurting. Every day, ever since I got that right foot crushed, my foot hurts every day. Hurts all during the day, all the time, and, and uh, bothers me and things of that nature. And sometimes it's hard to be pleasant, but we have to be that way anyway. Somehow or another, we still do. Amen, when somebody says, how are you doing? You can say, well, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. How are you doing? You know, and you can just, just, so, just so easy if you've just got your, a little phrase or a little catch that you already prepare yourself for before that opportunity uh, arises. And a couple little statements like that can help you witness to anybody. Amen. So just, just remember that. Maybe that'll be a blessing to you and a help to you sometime. If you will, let's start my preaching time now. In Psalms chapter number 116, verse number 15, I want to read one verse of scripture there, and then we want to, just a little later on, we want to give you another verse that ties into our message, our main thought tonight. I do trust that you'll be praying for us. Amen. I thought about needing folks to pray for me, and I know somebody that prays for me, and I thank the Lord for them. Amen. Brother Joe and Sister Sandy Meadow. 
Amen. They pray, they pray for Preacher Brock. Amen. I'm grateful. They're friends of mine. And uh, they're here tonight, and I thank the Lord for them. Amen. Amen. It's good to have my granddaughter tonight uh, here with us. That's a blessing. Amen. 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 Sister Sandy always got a good testimony for Jesus. So does Brother Joe. Some folks are just a little more focused and more out with it than others are. Amen. But all of us, whether we say it or not, it's good to live it. Amen. Live that testimony before this lost and dying world going to hell. But I'll tell you, it's a good thing to do is speak it up and speak it out and let folks know. Amen. Who's going to tell them if you and I don't? Amen. Amen. Well, I see they've got me a bottle of water and I didn't remember if they did that or not. And I brought me a water and we'll save that one for the real preacher who gets back. Amen. I don't have this spiced up or nothing, but it's good water. Amen. All right, in Psalms chapter 116, I trust the Lord would use this to be a blessing to you tonight. And this message, this thought, this verse of scripture has sure enough blessed my heart and soul. And I tell you, if it bless you half as much as it does me, we'll all leave in good shape tonight. <clears throat> Psalms 116, verse number 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord. What about that? Precious in the sight of the Lord. When I read this verse, I read it with Aubrey and I stopped right there. I saw, I thought, what could be precious in the eyes of the Lord? And then I read the rest of the verse. Man, and I got confusion to start off with in my heart and my mind. It says, precious in the sight of the Lord. And then it says, is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, I don't know with you and I and where we live at and where you're at tonight, but a lot of times there's not very many things that's more tragic than death. Than death coming to our loved ones and the closer people are to you, then the more dramatic that is. Amen. I've still, my dad went home to be with the Lord in, a 2000, in the year 2000. That's been, as you know, close to 23 years. It's easy for me to add that up from 2000 till now, you know, about 23 years. And that has still been hard on me. My mom had terrible health, bad health. Several times, many times I went to her house or I went to the hospital and visited her. And on my way there, I think this will probably be the last time I see my mom. And I'd go down with that in my heart and my mind and try to cheer her on and talk with her and pray with her and encourage her in the Lord. And of course, ask her to pray for me and we'd always talk about the Lord and talk about going to heaven and things of that nature. But dad, dad is always good and strong and healthy and doing well. Well, he died before she did. And uh, that just really shook me, man. I tell you, and I missed, I grew as a young man uh, seeing my dad every day. He and I work together every day. Amen. While I've been pastoring a lot of Calvary, every Sunday night I called dad on the way home from church. Every Sunday night I'd give him a call and we'd talk about the day's events and what was going on. And I'd tell him who got right with God. And I tell you, he went along, he knowed all our church folks. He knowed more what was going on in the church than 90% of the folks in the church did. But I always looked forward to that time and he always encouraged me. But he left me 
The Lord took him home. And I tell you, that shook me out of my boots. And I had trouble with that. I seen Sister McEachern just a little bit ago and walked back and spoke to her. And I seen her, she looked over at her daughter-in-law there and she says, I don't think he knows who I am. But sister, I do know, amen. And your husband was a blessing to me. One of the first men I met when I moved to Conyers was Mr. Kenneth McEachern. I don't know anybody really that's a more, more honest man and a good man and a godly man and a Christian man than Mr. Kenneth McEachern. I got, all my thoughts about Brother Kenneth was just good and precious, amen. But the Lord took him home to be with him. And I know this is a tender spot in her heart, in her soul, and many changes has been in her life since those, since those times, since the going home of, of her, her mate for years, for years. Amen. It's been a hard time, a hard occasion. That's a tough struggle to go through. And, and I'm sure there's others of you who have lost loved ones. That have, uh, I say that because at the time I can't think of a better term Folks who've gone on to glory, gone on to heaven. But I think God must have a different opinion about the death of the saints than what I have had. And I thought, you know what I need? I need to feel like God feels. I need to see this scripture like the Lord sees it. I need to get on the inside looking out and still on the outside trying to look in. Amen. And I thought about another verse of scripture, part of our text, Psalms chapter, not Psalms, Philippians chapter number two in verse number five says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know what you and I need? We need the mind of Christ. And in this subject here on the passing, the death, the dying, you and I need the mind of Christ and it'll help us. Wouldn't it be a blessing for you and I to be able to say, precious is the death of the saints. When one of our loved ones go home to be with the Lord, I almost did something this week and my sweet, precious wife that is my encourager and my help and in some way, she's my counselor and my guide and still my wife somehow. And I don't know how all that's fitting in here. But uh, since I've had this brain problem, since the doctor told me I'm high brain dead, I've relied upon her a lot. And I've called her my other brain that's over there. And I told her, now I know this would probably sound crazy to all of you, but I came so close to doing it. I said, I want to call my kids up and I want to tell them to come to Canaan Baptist Church Sunday night. I'm preaching and what I'm going to be preaching on, I'm, I want to preach my own funeral Sunday night at Canaan Baptist Church. And my wife says, Terry, you can't do that. I said, "Who? why can't I do that? You know, and I said, I want to call all the kids up. Get them to bring the grandkids over here. I want all of them to see what God has to say about the death of the saints. Amen. I want the mind of Christ on this subject. And I'm not here. I trust and pray that we don't bring up uh, things in your heart and your mind that would discourage you, but I want you to be encouraged in the Lord. And I've got one purpose in mind, and that is, is to help you find comfort and strength and help, because God sure enough give me comfort and help. And some of you may not need this message, but if you don't need it right now, you will need something of this nature on down the road. Amen. So I'm praying God will give us all help here. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. That first word, that word precious. You know, when you 
use the word precious or think about the word precious. I think about something of great value. If something is precious, you know, it might be a diamond. It might, it might be gold. It might be that car that is back in that carport that you don't pull that car outside. You don't get in it and drive it to Florida. You know why? Because it's precious. It is great in value. You know what it usually is? That means it's probably something rare that your next door neighbor or somebody else don't have and everybody's not driving one down the road. You know, it's a rare automobile. And so it's a dear automobile. It's a precious, it's a precious automobile. It means that it's probably got some great value to it. And the Lord says precious, uses that word there, that term there. Amen. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I thought, well, what makes God feel different about this than I feel about it? You know what I thought? This is one of my first thoughts. I thought God is seeing it from a different perspective than what I am seeing it is. Amen. I'm still on this side. Amen. But you know what? The Lord knows what's on the other side. Amen. The Lord knows the reaping and the benefit of going home to be with him. Amen. I thought about him losing mom and dad. As a young man, they took care of me. But as I got older, I started trying to take care of them. Amen. Started trying to provide for them in some manner, in some ways. And I'm not trying to toot a horn tonight, but it's just fact. It's just fact. Amen. I built my mom and dad a brand new house. Cost them absolutely nothing. And they moved out of a mobile home into a brand new house in the rest of their days. All they ever paid was they paid their utility bill and everything else concerning that house, the taxes of it. And they had no payments to make. God put it on our heart to, to build them, to build them a house. And God arranged that. And God did that. I went to the bank and got a loan to build that house. Went to revival service that night is when that revival service, God says, now who you trust in, the banker or me? Man, and I'm telling you, brother, I, my eyes went like that. And I said, I don't have, I think I had $16,000. I had saved up for a long time to start building that house. But the Lord said in that revival service, who you trusting? You trusting that banker or you trusting me? And uh, so that night I got in that altar and I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I got in the car the next day and I drove down to Winder and I was trying to think of that banker's name. I usually can think of his name. I see his picture in my head, but I went in, I told him, I said, sir, I need to speak to you. I know I was down here this past week and got a loan for this house. Now I need to speak to you. And we went in, sat down at his desk. I said, first of all, I want to tell you whatever expenses have acquired, I'm willing to pay for it. Every bit of it, whatever it is. But I just want to tell you that the next night after I come and seen you, I went to a revival service and God asked me, who was I trusting? Were you trusting the bank or would you trust in me? And, and I said, sir, I need to cancel that loan. He says, are you still going to build your parents a house? I said, I am, but I'm trusting God. God's the one that put this on my heart and on my soul. And I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God to furnish the money for it as I build them this house. And you know what? God built that house. Amen. I'll tell you, God furnished me things. I mean, I mean, you couldn't believe. I mean, the, the next time I go to Winder and I come out and I ain't got time to tell you all that story. Help me, Lord. Help me stay on track here. Amen. It's all right, y'all, if I stop and talk to him every once in a while, ain't it? Amen. 
Yes, sir. Somebody said, just be yourself. Then Brother Vines over here, he said, just let her go. Just preach it. He said, I'm sitting right up here. And brother, if you'll give me a list of your sins, I'll be glad the next time we'll just preach and we'll just address it all to you. Amen. And we'll just sure enough have meeting. I've, I've did that many times at Light of Calvary. Amen. I said, y'all getting cold and dry on me. Just name me out your sins. I'm sure if I get up here and call your name out and start preaching your sins, you won't be bored anymore. You'll be interested. You'll be right there with us. Amen. But God built that house. God did that. We went to Winder and the next time we went to Winder, we come out, we get up there to a red light and the guy's got a big 953 loader fixing to push down a block wall over there. They had a service station there and they sold that property to somebody else and I told Angela, I said, Angela, there's a cement block for that, for that house we need to build a foundation for. I come across that parking lot going beep, 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 beep in that little old truck I was driving and that man stopped and looked at me. I got jumped out of that truck like the, like the world was on fire. Went running over there and I said, sir, please, let me just ask you something. I said, I see you pushing this wall down. You're going to crumble it up and put it in that dump truck and haul it off. He said, that's right. I said, I'm going to build my mom and dad a house. I want them blocked. Can I have them blocked? Will you do me a favor? Will you just ease them down with that loader and I'll come back in the truck and I'll get those blocked and take them. He said, you can have every block you can get till the sun comes up in the morning. Amen. I went to calling friends and called everybody but enemies. Amen. In a little while, I had six or seven trucks over there and about a half a dozen men and there's loading them pickup trucks up and taking them all the way through town back down there where I was going to be a mom and dad a house and setting them block off. You know what? We got, got every block for that foundation and the blocks to build the steps with and everything we needed, right? That's how God built that house. Amen. Amen. Got a roof in the church. You ain't got time for all of it. Got a roof had a roofer in the church and I thought well I'm going to go over to his place. Went over to his office and he said brother bro you can buy sh shingles cheaper. Go down to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. We use a better shingle than they do and ours costs more. You can buy shingles cheaper over there than you can from me. I said brother do you mind calling up? I said God told me to come over here and see you. Now do you mind calling up wherever you got them shingles and asking if they got any deals coming along. I believe the Lord had you to do that. He picks up his phone call the place and they said, well, you know what? We just got in a shipment of the wrong shingles. And we've got two transfer trucks, loads of these that we need to get rid of. And uh, Brother Gary looked at me and he said, Brother Brock, preacher, what kind do you want? And I said, desert tan. I said, ask him what them are. I said, they're desert tan. You know what them shingles was too, don't you? Amen. They said they're desert tan. Amen. About that time, I mean, shingles was bringing good money just like they are now. Amen. But I, he told me, he says, you can have them shingles for a high price. I shouted all over that office. Amen. I just got them and said, praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Amen. I'll tell you, and God gave us them shingles to roof that house with. And just I could go on and on and on and on. God gave us the plumbing for the house and, and just kept on. Amen. And I'm done going too far, too long. And and we got to carry on, amen. But I'm trying to say, I've done my best. I tried to take care of mom and I tried to take care of dad. In those days, those last days of their life, I tried to try to take care of them. But you know what God showed me? God showed me he can take better care of them than I can. Amen. God could do better for my dad than I could do for him. Amen. Everything I could do. Do you know what I couldn't do? I couldn't fix his broken body. 
I couldn't fix his broken heart when his heart got broke. I couldn't give him everything that's over on the other side that's in glory. Hallelujah, but God can do that. That's the kind of God we're serving. Amen, the Lord sees what's on the other side. You'll say, where does any comfort come from that? I want what's best for my mom. I want what's best for my dad. And you know what's best for my mom and my dad is for them to be in glory. Amen. I'm separated them from a little while. You know what the word death means? It simply means separation. Amen. And I'm separated from them. Amen. And I don't want to get ahead of myself that far because I got a lot of scripture. I went to a lot of trouble. I had to write these hand, write all these verses down. We can't skip them words. My story cannot take the place. Amen. Of the precious word of God. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Hallelujah, I'm glad God can. God can fix it. God can take care of them. God can. God knows what's right. God knows what's best. Amen, I think of all that the Lord has. I don't know where I am in these notes and it don't matter anyway, I don't guess. <clears throat> There's one page of them. All I got left is verses of scripture now. That's all you need. Amen. Amen. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh, me, what does God give you? What does God want for us? Do you know something? This, this Lord, this Savior, this Savior that you and I are living for, I trust you are, amen. We ought to be. Listen, he's worth living for. Amen. Amen. This God, this Lord, this Savior that you and I are living for, he is wonderful. He is marvelous. He is gracious. Amen. He's already given his life on Calvary for you and I and saved our wretched soul. But you know what else he's going to do for us? Amen. He helps us daily. Daily he helps us. All that time of building that house, God just put things out there on and on and on and on. And guess what? That wasn't the first time God ever given me things. And it sure enough hadn't been the last time Amen. God's done that time and time and time and time again. You know why? It's because he loves me, because he cares for me, because he provides for me, because he takes care of me. Amen. I've got the God of heaven. Why shouldn't we want to tell others about the Lord? I've got the God of heaven. Amen. His eyes are upon me and he cares for me. He cares for that sparrow. Amen. In that tree. Yes, sir. And I'm helping him out on this counting these hairs thing. Amen. They get no down here. He don't have to count much to get the hairs of some of us brothers. Amen. But he count, he pays enough attention to us that he can focus in and he knows the number of the hair upon our heads. You say you believe that? Sure I do. Amen. I believe the word of God. Hallelujah. I do. I believe the word of God. Amen. Whoo. Amen. Help me Lord. Amen. You know why the Lord wants to take us to heaven? Well, the first things that comes to my heart and my mind is because in heaven, there'll be no more tears. No more tears. My mom had all kind of surgery and all kind of tears. My, my mom was, had a bad child life. Her dad was a bootlegger. She had a bad child life, had a hard time at home. She married my dad and it wasn't just a little while till he was an alcoholic. In case I don't never get back to it, I want y'all folks to know, though, that God saved my dad 18 years before he died. 
Amen. He was one of them guys that get up in the morning drinking and drank all day long. He'd get down to nighttime and many times he'd be passed out out in the truck, out in the front yard and most of the time he's in the living room or, or down in his bedroom or whatever. Goldie just couldn't go to more and alcohol to just take over and there he'd be and when he'd wake up in the morning, he'd start out with a Budweiser or with a, he's always nice and he's easy to get along with as long as he's drinking beer we could almost put up with him until he ever started drinking that alcohol, they ever started visiting that bootlegger and go down and get that raw alcohol. And uh, then he got mean. He'd get rough. He felt like everybody was against him. Nobody didn't like him. Counting his family and everybody else. And he is hard. He is hard to deal with. And my mom went through that. See, she had it as a child coming up and she had it then. There's a lot of tears, a lot of tears in life. Do you know what I found in the scripture? That in heaven there'll be no more tears. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? I could cry right now and I'm trying to keep from it because if I do, I can't read any of these notes. I got a hard time already, any of these scriptures. But the Bible says in Revelation 21, 4, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. Oh, praise God. What about that? And he put that, the, the next thing right after be no more tears. No more death. God knows your heartache. God knows your suffering and the, and the anxiety for being separated from your loved one. God still knows and God still cares for you too. Amen. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Amen. You get to glory and you get to heaven. All them former things, they are in the past. Amen. All that crying, all that heartache, all that sorrow, we get to glory. There'll be no more tears. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35, verse number five and verse number six says, and the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the death shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame, then shall the lame man leap as a heart, that's a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. What about that? Won't that be amazing? Won't that be wonderful? When you and I get to heaven, amen, he's going to restore them bodies, amen. There'll be no more of those things that'll be uh, taking, place, taking place in you and I. What a blessing that's going to be. Oh, how sweet, how precious is heaven going to be. And you know something I enjoy doing down here is I enjoy eating. Well, the pleasures of life. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew. I don't go with no women who do. Just tack that on there. That didn't cost nothing extra, amen. Do you know what we'll do? We'll eat when we're in heaven. Somebody said, what are we going to do all them thousands of years in heaven? One of the things we're going to do is we're going to eat. We're going to eat from the tree of life. Let me give you this verse of scripture. Revelation chapter two, verse number seven. says, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. He's got a tree of life there that you and I shall be refreshed from and shall eat of that tree of life. On down in Revelation 22 and 2, he says, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bare 12 manners of fruit and they yielded her fruit every month. 12 different fruit hanging upon a tree. 
Amen. And they, and they yield that fruit every month on my way to the house of God this morning. I ate me an apple on the way down here. And I enjoyed that apple and throwed that core that apple out, out in the field over there to, to, some, to some birds that they could enjoy the rest of what I didn't get. Do you know what we're going to do in heaven in glory? We shall eat of the tree of life, bearing 12 different kinds, 12 different manners, 12 different fruits. I believe there'll be fruits there that we've never laid our eyes on, we've never tasted, we've never experienced, and we're going to enjoy them. I enjoy eating. It's wonder I don't weigh 400 pounds. I went to the heart doctor and the heart doctor says, Terry, you go have to get serious about this matter of your health. And I said, yes, sir. I said, well, if I'm remembering right, I called you. You didn't call me. I set this appointment up, didn't I? That means I am serious about it. He said, you got to lose some weight. I said, okay, doc, how much? He says, you got to be serious. I said, yes, sir, I'm serious. How much you want me to lose? He said, you got to lose two pounds. And I couldn't hip it. I just laughed. I don't guess I was so serious when he said I had to lose two pounds. What is it to lose two pounds? Well, to be able to lose two pounds in a day, I've done that, amen. I need to lose, you can tell by looking at me, I need to lose more than two pounds. All my, all my breeches have shrunk. I've even had to throw away a belt in the last few weeks. Belt shrunk, that's when you know you're getting bad when you outgrow your belt. But we'll be able to eat in heaven and won't get fat over it. Our health won't be destroyed over it. What about that? Heaven's a wonderful place, amen. Amen, hallelujah. Heaven is better than this. No more something another. Oh, just happiness and bliss. I can't think of that song no more. Amen, but I know one thing. Heaven is better than this, hallelujah. Amen, praise God. And that's where we're going to. We're going to glory. We're going to heaven. And that's where the saints of God, God says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Amen. One of these days, thy blinded eyes shall be opened. The deaf ears shall hear. Amen. And the lame shall get up and walk. Listen, heaven's a glorious place for us to go to. That's what God's got in store for the children of God. I mean, you know what God done? God created and formed man from the dust of the ground. He made man that he might be able to have fellowship with him. We're not robots. We've got a free, free will. God wants our will to be to where we want to fellowship with the God who created us and made us, amen. And God is longing to take us to heaven to bring us home to be with him. Amen. And you and I, if we can realize how much better off our family and our loved ones will be, amen. What a, what a blessing it would be. What an encouragement. When I settle the fact in my heart and my soul, God's taking better care of my dad than I could do and better care of my mom than what I could. Do you miss them? Yes, I still miss them. Amen. But I want what's best for them. The best for them. Mom always wanted what was best for me. <clears throat> Amen. Listen, heaven is a place where we'll be reunited with our family, with our friends, with the Bible characters. You know what I believe one of these days? Eternity is, eternity is going to be a long time. Amen. And sometime in the midst of that, I'll have the opportunity to walk out and somebody say, Daniel's sitting over there, Daniel the prophet. And I said, Ben, I want to talk to Daniel. I want to ask Daniel, how was it down in, over there in that lion's den? Amen. And the lions was at the house. They was home. 
Daniel, how, how did it feel being down in there? Brother, I'm glad it was you and not me, amen. Yes, sir, praise God. I would have probably failed that test like I failed a lot of other tests going through life. Amen, but we'll be able to talk to him, be able to talk to Abraham, amen, Isaac and Jacob. Be able to talk to the great apostle Paul, to Stephen that got stoned to death. We'll be able to talk with them and fellowship with them and hear about the things as they would. We'll be able to see how it was the day that Jesus fed the 5,000. I can read about it, but I can't ask questions in this Bible or whatever, but we can ask questions and we talk about it then. But I believe something will be more precious to me is that reunion. I'll be able to see that dad that I loved, amen, and fellowship with and worked with for years and years and years. Most of my life, I worked with my dad. Amen. He took me out. He, told me, he taught me how to dig foundations, to put up the batter boards and to big, dig foundations and uh, pour the concrete and keep it level. Amen. Make a step up in it where your blocks got to go up. He taught me how to frame houses and run side and cornish and build a deck on it. And he, and he taught me how to roof houses when the folks would come up and say, Brock, Get that kid down off that roof. And he'd turn around and say, all right, get up a twos. Everybody get up a twos. If Terry can't work on that house, there ain't none of the rest of us working on it. We go into the house. They'd say, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute. We just got a misunderstanding here. Benny, you going to take responsibility of that boy on top of that house? Did he say, I got him. I got it covered. If he falls off that house, it ain't going to cost you nothing. He said, son, you fall off that house and we'll give you a whooping. <laughs> you think I was going to fall off that house? No way. Amen. I helped a couple of roofers before that had fell off of houses, but I never did fall off of one. But daddy taught me, daddy taught me how to do that. He taught me how to trim these windows and, and trim around the windows and put the baseboard down and run the crown mold. And, and he taught me how to do all that. You know what that means? That means it took time. He took time with me. I spent my life working with dad. Praise God. And one of these days I woke up in glory in heaven. Now I'll hug his neck again. Dad, dad, dad was a little man, but he's still about three inches so taller than I am. I can still feel him, Micah. Micah right here on this first rose, our youngest son. Amen. But I can, I can still feel dad when I, when I hug him. I hug Daniel, my son that lives in Florida and I miss him. He ain't going to heaven. He's just in Florida and I get to make a trip to see him Whew, every few months. Amen. I, listen, I've had kids. I've had kids a little old faith back there lived most of her life out from around Pawpaw and they, they lived in St. Lucia and they lived in Kansas and other places. But you know where she's living now? She's living in the other end of my house now, amen. Yes, sir. I hugged Daniel. I didn't tell Daniel, but I thought about it. I said, Daniel, when I hug you, son, you remind me a lot of me hugging my paw, me hugging your pawpaw, me hugging my daddy. I said, you kind of got that same build that he got. I told Daniel, I said, I love you. And then I told him a second time when we started to leave, I said, and I love you. One of them was I love Daniel and the other one was daddy, I still love you, I feel you. I still love you. One of these days I get to heaven, I'll be able to hug him again. Amen. And my sweet little old mama, be able to hug mama again. Amen. Amen. As a grown man, I didn't tell mom and dad every time I seen them that I loved them, but the majority of the time I did. I didn't tell them every time we talked on the phone and I hung up that I loved them. But the majority of the time I did, one of these days before long, face to face, amen, we shall be able to be with them again. There's going to be a reunion, amen. 
What a blessing. What a blessing that's going to be, this place called heaven. Amen. You and I have got the privilege of it. We'll be united again with them. Amen. Something else you and I talked about building things. You and I have got a mansion in glory. Amen. The Lord Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. He said in John chapter number 14, one through three, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. <clears throat> Amen. And receive you unto myself that there where I am there ye may be also. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to dwell in a beautiful dwelling that the Lord Jesus has gone to prepare for you and I. Amen. Angela and I have been married, as most of you know, I think we've said it here before, 52 years. And in these 52 years, I have built three, three houses for us. Every house we have lived in for any period of time, I built. I didn't buy. When we first got married, we bought a mobile home and moved into it and lived in it about seven, seven years, maybe eight years. Saved up money and built our first house in Winder. And I labored and I sweat and sweat and I built that house. Amen. And she helped me. She helped me build that house. She helped me dig those footings and pour those footings. She helped me put up that trim. She sawed the siding and I nailed it up. She got on top of that house with her dress on. Amen. Way down. You got to wear your dress a little longer, ladies, if you're going to get on top of the house. Amen. We made sure we didn't have company and she got on the top of that house. Helped me nail them shingles on top of that house. Amen. I was framing, I was running, uh, I framed the house and I was running the siding cornish on it. And the two guys that was helping me, they looked at me and said, you're making a lot of money. Said, we want a raise. And I said, I'm sorry, you're not getting a raise. They said, we're not coming back to work tomorrow. And I said, well, it's good having you today. God bless you. You can do better, help yourself. I ain't never wanted to hold you back. And uh, so the next day they didn't come in. They didn't work. One of them was nice enough to tell me, hey, we decided we ain't coming in and helping you tomorrow. I said, that's all right. I'll bring a real help with me. And I brought my wife, Angela, to come out there and she sawed all that siding. And she sawed that, she sawed that cornish material. I got down there, brother, and I put the cut on the, cut on the mold. If you know how to do it, you can stretch it all out there, fill it, turn it over and saw it with that saw and put that 45 cut on it. Go to the other end, stand on the other side and you saw it that direction. And I sawed all up, enough to go down, enough to make the turn. But when I got down to that last piece and measured off, showed her how she got the saw and with that circular saw, sawed that trim off. And I done the same thing on the facial board and, and I ripped the plywood and she cut the length on, the, on it when we got down to finish it and go up the gable. She sawed, for, she sawed for me to run that carnage. And so when we built our house, she helped me. She sawed it and I nailed it up. Amen. Amen. We're partners. I tell her we're partners in crime. Amen. We just build that house and work on that house. But you know what? That house in heaven, I'm not going to be building it. The Lord's preparing that house. Amen. And it'll last forever. It'll last forever. Nathan told me about two or three weeks ago, he said, Dad, you wouldn't believe where I was at last week. And I said, if you told me, I'd believe it. I said, most of the time you're telling the truth. Very seldom do you ever lie. It was at me kind of strange. He said, well, you know that first house you built over there on Highway 324 in Winder? I said, I do. He said, I went down there and pulled up the driveway and just sat there and looked at it. I said, it's still standing, wasn't it, son? He said, yes. I said, I still had the shingles on it. 
He said, yes. I said, I know who nailed them shingles on there. That house had a 12 and 12 roof on it. I nailed them shingles on that house. Amen. I said, it's still standing. Did it still look good? He said, that is all in place. It all looked good. I said, thank you for reporting on it. Amen. That was the first house we built years and years ago. We aimed, I won't be busy building that mansion in glory. And I'm thankful for it. I'm proud of it. Amen. I thank the Lord for it. Yes, sir. Let me find the next verse of scriptures here. You know what we'll do? We'll interact with the, with the animals when we get to heaven. Amen. Some of you just love your little pets and your dogs and things. We don't have any. Any pets or no dogs? I had bought the last dog I got. I didn't buy it. I got it, but it was a little lab. It was a black lab. I'd always heard those was good dogs. Well, they are, I guess, once they get past the puppy stage. My little wife went out and she, all in the front yard, Brother Thomas, she went putting out flowers all around. We got up the next morning, Angelo looks out the window and that dog was out there and he done dug up about half of them. Man, he was scratching around. He was digging them plants up. He was having himself a time. She was too close to the pantry. She grabbed her a can of something over there and one in each hand, she'd come out that door throwing cans. That poor old black lab. I come and hollered, screaming, Angela, stop, stop, dear. Stop. And the dog, he heard more screaming. He took off. You know what he done? He run down to the neighbor's house. You know what they done? They fed him. And about a week later, they come to me. The neighbor come to me and says, your dog's been at my house for about a week. And I said, well, let me ask you something. Did you feed him? Did you feed him? She said, well, yes, we fed him. I said, there's where you made your mistake. If you hadn't fed him, he'd been back to my house and he'd still been my dog. I said, I bet you've been feeding him every day. And she said, oh, yes, of course we have. I said, well, looks like you got yourself a new dog. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe I'm not pet friendly or something or another. I, didn't, I wasn't the one throwing the cans at him. <laughs> amen. I know puppies is puppies and puppies do that. Amen. Yes, sir. One of these days, we'll, uh, we'll be able to fellowship with the animals in heaven. And I'd read about it if I could find a scripture on this piece of paper. I can't hardly see it because I had to write it all down. I used to, I could work an operator computer and I got a new one. I got an apple and it was right. Uh, it was a while before I had this brain problem and I was using it some. But Brother Thomas, I can't do I can't do much more. than Just cut that thing on. That's about it. And I couldn't figure out how to go to the Bible and get the Bible down here to the app to where I could work on it and go up and take copy and paste scripture. And and uh, I'll have to get faith back there. Somebody to show me how to do that. And Record them doing it so every time I need to do it, I'll do it all over again. Or I'll just keep pinning verses down and waiting up here until I can find them. Isaiah 11 and 6 says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Now in this day and time, that would be very dangerous. <clears throat> I don't know a lot about pets, but I know wolves and lambs. It would not be good for the lamb to go to bed at night and have the wolf over there with it. It says, and the wolf shall dwell with the lambs and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and a little child shall lead them and the cow, the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones and lie down together. What about that? Won't that be something in heaven? Amen. You'll be able to walk right up to one of them big roaring lions and he won't roar or she won't roar. 
You can walk out and pet them. I'm going to wait until I get me an animal in heaven. Amen. I don't like buying all that dog food and animal food and stuff and building dog houses and everything anyway. And I know some of you do and I done offended half of you and I'm sorry that I just don't see things like you do and you're right and I'm wrong. Does that help? Amen. But one of these days, I'm going to go to heaven and God's going to fix something in me, so I'll like them then. Amen. I had I went to somebody's house the other day and that dog kept jumping on me. And that lady would say, she told me when we come in, says, them, them dogs won't bother you and they're not going to bite you. And I said, yes, ma'am. The last time a lady looked me right in the eyes and said, that dog will not bite you. When I started to take a step up in that door, you know what that lousy, no good for nothing dog done? That mutt grabbed me right at the top of my leg, right on my cheek, grabbed me and lapped down on me. And I turned around and swung at it and he was done getting off the porch and I couldn't kick him fast enough. And I said, ma'am, Bubba just bit me. And she said, did Bubba bite you? And I said, yes, ma'am, he did. Bubba just bit me. Went in the house and the man was sitting there eating his lunch that I was needing to see. It was the only reason I was going to the house. And I stepped in and I said, sir, your dog just bit me right here on your front porch. He just took him two or three more bites and never even turned or looked up to me. I said again, I said, sir, your dog bit me. If you got a room, I can go in privately and see how bad it is. I could feel the blood running down the back of my leg. He said, sure, bathroom, first door on the right. And I went in there, the restroom. And I got, the more I looked, the madder I got. It me mainly because I wasn't fast enough to keep that dog. That blood run down. When we get to heaven, Bubba won't be biting you when you start inside the door in one of them mansions. Amen. The kids, you won't have to worry about your children and the animals. They're all tamed. They're all all right. I read over there somewhere, and they named out one of them, and it said it would be eating. The, it would be eating. The, it eats the grass like. And they named out another animal, and I thought for surely I'd remember them too, but I don't remember. It was one of the meat-eating animals, and then of course the other one that eats the straw was not a meat-eating animal. You know what the truth is, Amen. When we get to heaven, there'll be no more curse. No more curse. Hallelujah. The briars, when you're planting a garden in heaven, you won't have the briars and the weeds growing up in it. Amen. No more curse. No more working from sun up to sundown. No more laboring. No more sin. No more temptation. Praise God, that's a mouthful there. It'd take a while for that to settle in on you. No more sin. Man, I tell you, God helped me with something in this last revival here at the church. I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but you know me. Well, you don't, but you are getting to know me. I started telling about that dog the other day when I went over there to that house. That lady says, that dog won't bother you. Well, it's bothering me, jumping up on me and licking me. I didn't want the dog jumping up on me and licking me. And I kept just gently pushing him away, pushing him away in turn. And that didn't make any difference. He'd run back around and kept jumping on me. And I was so glad when that lady finally put that dog in a cage 
That dog wouldn't pay no attention to nothing. I wasn't scared the dog was going to bite me. I didn't think he was. But anyway, that's enough on that. No more curse. What a time. Let me give you a good verse of scripture here and we'll go right on. 2 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. You know what? Our imagination can't even view out far enough and look out far enough to see all that God has got prepared for his children. For the saints of God, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know why? Because he knows he's bringing them home and he knows what he's got prepared for them. He knows what heaven's all about. He knows that he's pulled them out of a place of curse, a place of damnation, a place that's hard to live and hard to get by with, hard to carry on with. And the devil fight the devil day after day. Now I'm telling you something. If you're living for Jesus, you're fighting the devil. You ain't fighting the devil. You're not doing nothing for God. Amen, but there won't be no more fighting the devil. You and I get to glory, hallelujah. Amen. You know what we need to do is just get the mind of Christ. Oh, I was, I, I was telling you the Lord helped me in, in that revival. I've always had problems with Romans chapter number six. With Altry, I just never have totally understood it. You know what? Because it didn't seem to be practical where I lived in me. When it says that you know, about that old man, and I can't think fast enough right now to get all them scriptures straightened out just right right now. We're talking about how that the old man is dead and the old man sins not. I tell you, I somehow still got some old man living in me. And I ain't just talking about because of my age. And about how you're dead to sin and you sin no more. I've always prided myself on being a Bible believer. I believe this book. I have done, I can stand up and honestly say this. I may not have been right on everything in this Bible, but I have done my best to stand for the Word of God, to stand for the Bible, and to preach the Bible, and to believe the Bible. Amen. They say, well, surely you didn't believe that a whale swallowed Jonah. Why, sure I believe that. If the Bible had said Jonah had swallowed a whale, I'd have believed that. Amen. I prided myself on being a Bible believer. But you know what I found out in Romans chapter number six? Evidently, my being a Bible believer wasn't strong enough in those verses. And I decided down here in that altar right over there laying my head in that buried in that pew over there, that, Lord, I'm sorry for not believing the word of God. And I apologize to the Lord for Romans chapter number six. I said, dear God, you are right and I'm wrong. Amen. And I'm going, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to die to sin. Amen. I'm going to be dead to sin. I'm going to live with you and live in righteousness and holiness. And Listen, I've, I've always tried to spit white and do right and live right. Amen. We're one of the only ones that I ever knowed it. Let your kids take a hammer, a sledgehammer, and beat your TV to death because it had so much wickedness on it way back in the 80s, 1980s that was. 
Amen. And Angela and I have tried to live for God and tried to live right. And, and I'm not bragging about it. I'm just preaching, I reckon. God helped me with them verses in Romans chapter number six. And I have been changed. I have had some victory in my life. I've had some victory. Amen. I reckon I just told the whole world, I'll really have to fight for it this next week, won't I? Amen. I'm not planning on changing my mind next week, next month, next year. Amen. God's always right. Amen. And I'm dead in Christ. Amen. Not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Amen. The Lord's given me help. The Lord's give our family and give us help several ways right here at Canaan. And I thank you for it. Thank you for it, church. Listen, and if you are having a hard time with the loss of one of your loved ones or even more than that, like me, two of your loved ones particularly, listen, I trust that these verses are helping you some. Amen. It's not because God didn't care and God don't love you and God wanted, wouldn't spare their life and go on and on and on and on. Listen, I think about a time when, back when I was pastor in light of Calvary and one of our men was dying. He was dying. He was on his way out. He was one of our deacons and he is a dear friend of mine. He never done this preacher nothing but good. Amen. A good man, a hardworking man. I went in that room. There was the, he died that night. Amen. But I was in that room that afternoon trying to just be in there with him and the family and comfort them and just, in, just be there with them. And he laying in that bed and he done turned purple, greenish looking. He started smiling a little bit. That smile broke out into a light, light laughter. And he looked at me and he says, Brother Brock. And he done a little motion like that. And I got up and I got right over in front of him and he raised up about halfway in that bed like somebody doing a setup. He said, Brother Brock, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven, Brother Brock. I'm on my way out. I'm going to heaven. He stuck his hand out and I took him by the hand. I said, yes, sir, brother, I am. And that's right. Just rejoice in it. Just rejoice. He said, Brother Brock, I mean, I'm going to heaven today. This is my last day here, brother. I am going to heaven. He laid there in that bed and tears just run down his face. Tears of joy, tears of blessedness. And he hollered and screamed, I'm going to heaven. I am going to heaven. Amen. Now, most of his family's done out and there's a couple sitting over there. Man, they just bawled and squalled, you know. Amen. But I'm telling you what, he was hollering out with pains, not pains of suffering. He'd done a lot of suffering during that sickness. Tell you, he was a man's man. His face and his skin had turned green and purple looking. And he was in terrible shape. He was a dying man just waiting to check out. But he was rejoicing that he is going to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. Praise God. Amen. May God give us a little different look. Amen. On this thing of going to heaven. I had a good friend call me last week and his wife is dying with cancer. And he said, Brother Brock, I wanted to call you and talk to you some. And we talked a little bit. And he said, you know, oh, she's got another bad report from the doctor. And I said, yes, brother, I heard. I heard. He said, well, we won't have her with us long. And I said, yes, brother. I said, I know. I said, I'm sorry for your heartache. 
for your pain. I said, could I, could I give you a verse of scripture? <laughs> I said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I said, brother, before you get upset, can I give you a word of explanation? And I just over the phone talked to him a little bit about it. And then a little bit, them tears of sadness turned to tears of joy. He said, preacher, I love her more than anything in this world. And I'm like, brother, I know you do. I, you have proved that. I know you do. And I know it's going to be hard on you. It's going to be hard on you. And it's going to be hard on those kids. We talked about it a little bit. And before he got off the phone, he said, brother, don't feel, I want you to don't feel bad about sharing that verse of scripture with me. He says, you can't see me, but I got a smile on my face. He said, I'm thankful God's helped me with this. Amen. If the Lord will help me quote the verse, I got another verse for you and we're going to close. Revelation 14, 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. For henceforth saith the scripture that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Amen. That's what the Lord's got to say about that subject. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Amen. I wrote the verse down too where it says, and the Lord God said, tell them I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from his wicked ways or for him sin. And that's not exactly word, right for word. I, I took the time to write that verse down. but I can't, I can't remember it, but I think I got it here somewhere. There it is. Where God says, say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his wicked ways and live. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're without the Lord Jesus Christ, God's not wanting to rush you on in your death. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Oh, me, do you know why? It's because this same God knows what's on the other side for you. It's not going to be heaven. It's not going to be the splendor. It's not going to be the joy. It's not going to be the gladness. It's going to be sorrowful. It's going to be painful. And I'm not going to go into all that. But listen, don't miss heaven. I don't want to dull up heaven with starting to talk about hell. Don't miss heaven. Amen. I told those three guys coming out of that store when they started leaving, he was over there getting in that truck. Before I got in my truck, I hollered at them. I said, hey, guys. They turned and looked, and I said, don't miss heaven. You can miss your next turn going down this road, but don't miss heaven. Please, guys, don't miss heaven. Can I say to you as I close tonight, don't miss heaven. Amen. Amen. If you've missed heaven, you've missed it all. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? Your soul is very, very important, very valuable, very precious it is. Don't miss heaven. Amen. Let's bow our heads and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Then come and get a song ready. Amen. Stand with us if you will. Stand with us if you feel the need. Come and bow on this altar. Pray for a loved one. Amen. May God help all of us, all of us win our loved ones to the Lord. Amen. You rejoice in the fact that you can see them again. You can meet them again in glory in heaven. 
Nothing's any sweeter than that. Amen. Try to get them not to miss heaven. Our Heavenly Father, I bow before you this night, my heart and soul. And I thank you, Lord, for your mercy upon me. I thank you, Lord, and I thank Brother Ingram and Lord, this church, for an opportunity to share what you'd put on my heart. I'd wonder where all, Lord, that you'd have me to share this. I believe this is one of those places, one of those spots. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd comfort the hearts of those who's lost loved ones or they've gone on to be with you. Lord, may it turn to a little spot of rejoicing in their soul. And Lord, I pray tonight for those that are here that are not right with you. They're not ready. They're not born again. Oh, God, please, please bring Holy Ghost conviction on their heart. Save them, Lord Jesus, I pray. Save them, Lord Jesus, and we'll thank you. We'll bless your name. We'll thank you for all you've done, all you've given unto us, all your blessings. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. You have highly, abundantly blessed me, Lord, all the days of my life. And Lord, I'm eternally grateful unto you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.